This morning as we look into the Word of God, let's take our Bibles and turn to 1 John chapter 3. And once again, we're going back to this, back to this chapter, but we're, we're not going to stay where we've been the last few weeks. Uh, we've been hovering around verses 1, uh, 1, 2, and 3 the past few weeks and made it to verse 10 last week. And this week we're going to pick up uh, from there and we're going to move forward and Lord willing we'll make it through the rest of the chapter today. Uh, as, we look at, as we look at what God is most interested in producing in our lives. To, to see what God would say in His Word is going to lead Him to say, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. See, it's God's desire to mold us and make us into the image of Jesus Christ. And there's one characteristic of God that far surpasses uh, just about any and every other one. Now, God tells us to be holy because He's holy. And He wants us to strive for holiness. He wants us to live lives of holiness. But as, as fleshly human beings, God knows that in this life we will never fully reach holiness. When we see Him face to face, He will make up the difference and He will make us holy. And so we can't fully be holy, but there is one thing that we can do. There is a characteristic of God that we can see grow and develop in our lives that will make all the difference in the world. It'll change every relationship you have. It'll change your perspective in every area of your life. And it's love. Love will change you. Love will transform you. And love doesn't transform us from the outside in. No, love starts in the heart and changes from the inside out. Dr. Paul Chappell says, The heart of the matter is always a matter of the heart. How true that is. Let's see what God says in His Word here as we look in 1 John chapter 3. We'll, we'll begin reading. I'm going to pick up from where we left off last week with verse 10. And we'll, we'll carry on uh, reading, reading further. He says, In this the children of God are manifest, and the children of the devil. Whosoever doeth not righteousness is not of God, neither he that loveth not his brother. He's showing us, he's showing us that, negative, uh, that negative side of it. Those, that, those that, uh, that do not love their brother, those that do not uh, righteousness, they are not of God. The flip side of that is those that do righteousness and those that love their brother, they are of God. Uh, because God has done a work in us and, and, only, and true love will only come from God doing His work in us. He says, this then, He says, for this is the message that you've heard from the beginning. That we should love one another. This is the message that you've heard from the beginning. That you should love one another. Uh, love, that's the answer. That's what God is wanting to produce. This is what Jesus looks at. It's our love. In fact, it was so important to Him. 
Love was so important to him. He says, this is the message you've heard from the beginning. Uh, God, uh, God put it in his, in his commandments. Jesus said, uh, when a Pharisee came to him and asked him, which is the greatest commandment? Jesus said in Matthew 22, he said, he said, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. And he said, the second is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. And he said, on these two hang all the law and the prophets. The law and the prophets, those, uh, those teachings that, uh, that, that schoolmaster that uh, Galatians tells us about to bring us to Christ, to show us that we are unrighteous and that we need a Savior. That schoolmaster that shows us how unworthy we are and how sinful we are because we cannot keep the law. That schoolmaster, the law, uh, is, is there uh, to, to teach us those things. But the Bible says the law hinges on love. Because, see, without Christ, you cannot fully love. The prophets were warning the people to turn back to God and and warning them about the judgment to come. But God didn't just want people to turn to Him outwardly and have that outward show. He wanted them to turn to Him from the heart. Through the, through the centuries, uh, country, nations, have, nations have, been, have been ruled even by religious groups and, and by, uh, by different uh, religions and different denominations. And they have, they have mandated that people go to church and they've mandated that people uh, pay taxes and live a certain way uh, because that's what they were saying would be, would be a picture of righteousness. But God said, God said, this people draweth nigh unto me with their lips, but their hearts is far from me. Jesus isn't interested in the outward works as much as He is the love from our heart. Because see, it's love that will make a difference in what we do. You can go and tell somebody about Jesus to see them come to faith in Jesus to get a notch on your belt and not do it in love. And you will not be rewarded for that. God is not really glorified in what you have done. He's just being faithful to His Word and honoring His Word when they call on Him. But if you're wanting to glorify God, if you're wanting to make a real difference, then out of a heart of love for God and a heart of love for the person... You're going to go and you're, you're not going to pressure them into praying a prayer. You're not going to convince them because, because you, know, you, want, you want somebody to think that you're spiritual. But you're going to get under a burden for that, that soul that's, that's going to spend eternity somewhere. And you'll share the gospel with them. As you live your life, you'll, you'll live your life in a way that, that reflects the love of Christ as, as love for Him is growing in your heart. Jesus said that love, love is the greatest commandment. Loving God and loving others. We often hear about love and it should be no surprise that what we usually hear called love is is a far cry from biblical love. It, It barely even resembles the real thing, if at all. But we are made to love. 
We're, we're made to need love. The Bible says it was not good for man to be alone. So God made him and help meet for him. He made him uh, made a, a companion that was his completer, that was sufficient for him. And God, God made man and woman to, to enter into a relationship of love, a holy union that was created by God Himself. And that union of, between a man and a woman uh, is is to is to uh, is to cultivate that love that God puts there, and to help that to grow and to produce uh, to produce. Uh, the fruit of love in your lives to grow even more and more and to be and to manifest God's kind of love in your heart but anything that God has given us anything that God has has given that is good mark it down Satan is going to give a counterfeit our enemy is going to counterfeit it and, and our enemy certainly has we have three enemies the world the flesh and the devil and and those enemies have worked hard to counterfeit everything that God has given us that is good and God has given us love and Satan and the and the flesh and the world have given us lust and lust uh, lust is based on what we want ba- uh, love uh, love is based on give on what god has done and, and giving ourselves to others and giving ourselves for others but lust is based on pleasing self and satisfying self and making sure that i am happy he said he he says here um in our text, this is the message that you've heard from the beginning that we should love one another. Notice what he says, not as Cain. He, first of all, he starts off as we talk about love, he's showing us the opposite of love. He says, not as Cain, who was of that wicked one. Cain was of the devil. Like Jesus said to the Pharisees, you are of your father the devil, and the works of your father you will do. Cain certainly was of his father the devil. Now that didn't mean that that Satan created him, or, or that Satan was his literal father, but spiritually he was his father. Cain, was a, Cain went through the motions to worship God. But God's word says Cain was of that wicked one. And it became evident when he slew his brother. He did something that was... He he went to do something that that would, would appear to be good. It seemed to be right. Here he is offering a sacrifice to God. You find in, in the book of Genesis how Cain and Abel, uh, the, the sons of Adam and Eve, they came to, to offer sacrifices to God. And Abel offered the, the first of his flock to God. And, and that offering was, was accepted by God because that's what God had required. Cain brought of the, the fruit of the ground, uh, uh, the, the first fruits of, of the ground uh, as as, as he, a sign of what he, ha, he was able to produce. And he offered it to God, and the Bible says Cain's offering was rejected. It wasn't what God had required of him. And Cain allowed that to embarrass him. Cain became bitter. He allowed that bitterness to fester. And every time he saw his brother, his brother was a reminder to him that his own sacrifice was rejected. 
and he hated his brother. Oh, I'm sure if you ask Cain, do you love your brother? He'd say, yeah, sure, he's my brother. Of course I love him. But his pride was attacked when his offering was not received. When his offering wasn't approved of God. He wanted to bring to God what he wanted to bring to God. And he wanted God to just be happy with it. That's not the right way to come to God. We must come to God the way that God requires. There are people that will say God loves you and He wants you to be happy so you just do what makes you happy and that will make God happy. No, you, if you want to make God happy, if you want to please God, the Bible, says, the Bible says without faith it is impossible to please God. For he that cometh to God must believe that He is and He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. See, we have to come to God His way. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. We come to God His way. We bring to God the offerings that He requires. We come to God and, and, and put our faith in Him the way that He said it's to be done. It's not by our works, but it's by our faith that we approach God. Cain wanted to do his relationship with God his own way. And if you try to build your relationship with God your way, you're going to fall short. You need to come God's way. Get in God's Word. Read His Word. Get to know God. And submit your life to the authority of God. Not just my life, my rules, my way. No, see, if you're a child of God, the Bible says that you're not your own. For you're bought with a price. Wherefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Many people in our day and time, it, they, it, it boggles my mind how many, people, how many people profess to be believers, but they want to live in sin. And I, I know, as, as we looked at last week, as a child of God, they, they're made miserable by that. And if they're, if they're not miserable by that, then they're not... Because of the chastening hand of God. If the chastening hand of God is not evident in their lives, then, that, then they're not a child of God. But, but so many times, uh, because, because perhaps a, a lack of teaching or a lack of, of understanding or whatever, we, we'll have a tendency to support things that are, that are, that are wrong, they're sinful. And we'll say, hey, I can do what I want with my body. But it's not yours. It's God's. And we need to submit our will to God's will. We need to submit our way to God's way. And do things God's way. Don't get mad because God isn't pleased with what you've done. What we need to do is get right because God is not pleased with what we've done. See, God, God told Cain, he said, he said, if you do right then you're going to be blessed. He said, but if you don't, he said, sin lies at the door. 
Sin is just waiting to, to come in. And if you open the door to that, then, then it's going to come in and it's going to destroy you. The Bible says, the Bible says uh, let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. Because God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Then when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin. And sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. Do not err, my beloved brethren. Make no mistake about it. This is how it happens. God warned Cain. But Cain didn't listen. And he allowed that to just boil up inside him and that bitterness that bitterness turned into hate and that hate led him to kill his brother the bible says we're to love one another not as Cain who was of that wicked one and slew his brother and wherefore slew he him why did he kill him because his own works were evil and his brothers righteous he hated his brother because his brother did what was right. And rather than getting right himself, he hated his brother for doing right. Isn't it just like our pride and our sin to want to hold on to our sin if somebody else is doing right and just keep bearing down and holding on to our sin and try to provoke them to do what's wrong. We'll have a bad attitude and we'll be mad and, 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 we'll, and, and we, we'll, be, we'll be stubborn and we'll argue our point until we've made them mad, until they've lost their cool. And then we kind of want to back off and be like, whoa, what's your problem? Right? It was us. We've provoked them. Hey, let's not be like Cain. Hey, meet Cain. Cain was of the wicked one. Cain was mean. Cain was rude. Cain was evil. Cain hated his brother. Don't be like Cain, right? Um, remember, those, remember those, you know, here's Jack or whatever it was, you know, anyway. Sometimes things make sense to me, but <laughs> all right. Um, but uh, Cain hated his brother. He was of that wicked one. The Bible goes on and says, Marvel not, my brethren, if the world hates you. Don't be surprised if the world hates you. Jesus said, Jesus said that his light shines in the world. And he said, he said, and he said, I didn't come into the world to condemn the world. He said, they were condemned already because they've not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. He said, and this is the condemnation. Light has come into the world. And men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. He said, they would not come to the light lest their deeds should be reproved. See, when we have the Spirit of God in us, when we are a child of God, God comes to live within us and He begins to make changes in our lives. And as He's making changes in our lives, we don't have to go around saying, hey, look how good I am. Look how holy I am. Look how spiritual I am. Jesus in me, can't you tell that I'm, I'm a Christian? You don't have to do all those kind of things. 
You just obey Jesus. You just love like Jesus and live like Jesus. And He is going to be seen in you. His light is going to shine through you. And as His light is shining through uh, and you get close to some of your friends who are walking in darkness, it's going to shine upon them. His light is going to shine upon them. And it's going to show them their sin and they're not going to like it. And they're going to hate you because of it. You say, well, I don't want anybody to hate me. So what do we do? Do I hide my light under a bushel? No, 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 no. No, you don't, you don't hide the light. You don't, uh, you don't uh, cover up the light. You don't, uh, you don't put out the light just because somebody doesn't like the light that is shining through you. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Let Jesus be seen in you. And let Jesus do the drawing. Let Jesus draw them to Himself. If, if a brother would hate a brother uh, because the brother was living righteously and, and if Cain would hate Abel because Abel was living righteously and Cain did not uh, live righteously and if he hated his brother enough to kill him, don't be surprised if the world hates you. They don't have that familial tie. That, that it would just make sense that they ought to just naturally love you. The world hates you because you're a Christian. Don't be surprised by that. When we walk with Christ, the world's going to resist the light of His holiness shining through us and they're going to hate us for it. And we'll, we won't have to say anything. Just being in their presence and His presence with us, it's going to make them very, very uncomfortable. He goes on and says, Now we'll, we'll know Verse 14, he says, We know that we have passed from death unto life because we love the brethren. He that loveth not his brother abideth in death. This love that God has put in our hearts and is helping to grow within us, it, it is a love for others. And uh, first of all, for our brothers and sisters in Christ, the Bible says that you have therefore opportunity, let us do good to all men, especially to those of the household of faith. Those who are our brothers and sisters in Christ, we ought to love them and we ought to, we ought to reach out to them. We ought to support them as much as we can and encourage them. We ought to do good to them. We ought to love everybody, but especially those who are our family of faith. He says, whosoever hateth his brother is a murderer. Well, I've never killed anybody. Well, Cain had never killed anybody either until he did. Right? See, under the law, people were guilty of the things they did. Jesus brought it up, a, 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 not just one notch. He, he raised the bar when he, said, when he said, I say unto you, love your enemies. Bless them that curse you. Do good to them that hate you. Pray for them that despitefully use you and persecute you. He said, he said if you, Jesus raised the bar and said, if you hate your brother without a cause, you are guilty of murder. In God's eyes, you're guilty of murder if you hate your brother. Well, who's my brother? It's similar to the question that was asked, who's my neighbor? Hey, our brothers, our brothers, maybe a brother in the flesh or, or you know, a, a brother in humanity or something like that. Hey, people, love people. That's what he's saying. 
especially those who are, who are the children of God. You can't, you can't live a life of, of hatred. You can't go around with hatred in your heart and be a child of God. Because God is going to change you. If you, if you're, that, doesn't mean that, that doesn't mean that anybody that commits murder is automatically destined and, and doomed for hell. Because here's the thing, Paul was a murderer. Moses was a murderer. David was a murderer. Many others were murderers. But they were saved by the grace of God. And God, uh, God delivered them. God changed them. They did not live a life of hate. They didn't live a lifestyle of hatred. But they lived a life of love that reflected Jesus Christ. And it's that kind of love, it's that kind of change that God wants to make in your life and in mine. Hey, let me say this morning, if you have hatred in your heart for anybody, if you're a child of God, God has been working in your heart and working on you, convicting you of that hatred in your heart. And it might not even be something that you think about regularly. Hey, there was a time in my life when I didn't have the love of God that I should have in my heart for everybody. But God, God in His mercy began to work in me. He began to show me that he loves people and I ought to love people the way he did and he began to change my heart as I look around and I see, I see people in society all around us, I, I'm so thankful for the love that God has put in my heart for people. Uh, no matter where they're from, no matter what their background, no matter, uh, no matter their, their uh, economic status or their education, uh, no matter their ethnicity, it doesn't matter. God loves them and you and I ought to love them as well. God says don't don't love with that fake love that Cain had. See, in his hatred, he held that hatred in his heart. But no doubt, outwardly, he, he didn't show it too much until he did. You might walk around and say, you might say, hey, I live, I live my life and, and I'm, I just love and people and all of that. Uh, but, but in your heart of hearts, you know you're holding on to bitterness. You're holding on to something between you and somebody else. And, and if you give in to that, you know that it's going to easily turn from bitterness to hatred. And God doesn't want you to hate them. God wants you to love them. And, and God, God is working your heart, convicting you of that. And you need to let it go. You need to let God help you to forgive that. You might say, you might say, but Philip, you don't know what they did. Hey, let me ask you this. Did they beat you with a whip and rip you to shreds? Did they, did they nail you to a cross? Did they hang you naked before God and man? Did they mock you? Did they spit in your face? Did they stab you in the side with a spear? Did they, did they blaspheme your name and kill you? After you've done everything for them. No. I can't say that I understand. I can't say that I fully relate with what they did. But the Bible tells us that, that through what Jesus went through on the cross, that He made it possible for you to live in victory over hatred, that love can win out in your heart, and that Jesus can give you love even for that person that did you so wrong. That's what God wants to do. I'm... Baffled when I read the story of, of 
of uh, Elizabeth Elliot and her family what they they went down to they went down to South America and ministered among uh, among the, the the native people there in the jungles and and her husband Jim and and their missionary team would would reach out to some people uh, some tribal people there who were who were cannibals and they were murderers and and they they were feared by everybody around them but Jim and his, his team reached out and, and began to show love to this, to this group of people. And, and, and they would, they would uh, fly with their airplane over and, and make really tight circles with that airplane so they could drop a basket and have the basket there where the people could just come up and get little gifts out of it. Food and trinkets and, and this and that, and blankets, this and that, you know, some clothes and all. And, and, and after a while, they, they felt that it was time to make contact so they landed the plane and and they went out there on the beach there by the by the the river and it wasn't long before some of the some of the tribes tribes people the tribal people they they came out and and they began to talk and as much as they could they didn't necessarily know the same language but they began to communicate a little bit and and then the tribesmen killed Jim and the men with him and ate them. And word got back to Elizabeth and her family and the other missionary families. And of course they grieved the, the loss of their husbands and friends. When the missions organization was telling them, you need to go home to, to America, you need to just abandoned this idea of reaching those people, they said, no. Those are souls for whom Christ died. And you know they went back. The wives and the children reached out to those people who killed and ate their husbands and fathers. And they won them to Jesus. And the very man that killed Jim became a dear friend to Elizabeth and her children. That's the kind of love that God can put in your heart. That's the kind of forgiveness that God can work. Not like Cain. Don't be like Cain. We see the opposite of love. But then we see a picture of love. Let's look at this picture of love. The Bible says, the Bible says uh, in verse 16, Hereby perceive we the love of God, because He laid down His life for us. I'm just going to stop right there for a moment. Hereby perceive we the love of God. Here's, here's how we can understand the love of God. Because He, who... God, God, the creator of all, almighty God, in the person of Jesus Christ. The Bible says it pleased the Father that, that in Him, in Jesus Christ, would dwell the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Through, so through the person of Jesus Christ, uh, the Godhead, the Trinity, uh, they, it was seen bodily in Jesus Christ. God in the flesh came and gave Himself for us. He died for us. 
so that we could be forgiven of sins. The Bible tells us in John 3.16, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. That's the kind of love that God demonstrated. That's the kind of love that God has for us. And that, that love that is spoken in John 3.16, he's, he's, now, he's now saying, look, look, child of God, you've understood this love, you've received this love. And 1 John 3.16, he says, now you show this kind of love. Hereby perceive we the love of God because He laid down His life for us and we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. The picture of love that we have is Jesus Christ with His arms stretched out, nails piercing His, his hands, nails piercing His feet, a crown of thorns, those thorns, uh, those thorns uh, measuring up to two and three inches, piercing His brow and da- just digging down into his, his flesh, blood pouring down from Him, His skin ripped off of His body, and his, it just opened up. The Bible says that He could see every one of His bones. Why did he go through that? Why would God put himself in flesh only to let that flesh be ripped off of him by man? Why would God subject himself to that kind of pain? And do it on purpose. He chose that. Why would God choose that? For God so loved the world. God loved you that much. That He went through all of that for you. What a picture of love. We're ready to revoke our love if somebody, if somebody doesn't like our Facebook post. How shallow. God's love was complete. His love is unconditional. His love is thorough. His love is given without... Hey, it's, it's given to everybody. He offers his, his gift of love to everybody. And that gift can only be received or rejected. Hereby perceive we the love of God because He laid down His life for us and God says, now you ought to lay down your lives for others. That doesn't mean that you have to go and and jump in front of the car and die. Or go and, and, and have somebody to shoot you or something like. No, that's not what it's saying. Jesus laid down His life and He died for us. But we can give our lives for others. Jim Elliot gave his life and, and left, left the, the states to go to South America and live, live without all the comforts of home to reach out to others to give, to give them the gospel. He gave his life, and yes, he literally gave his life. But as he went to leave the states to go to South America as a missionary, this was his, this was, these were his words. He said, He is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. 
See, in giving himself for others, he was, he was laying up treasures in heaven. And there's nothing that's going to take that treasure away. Maybe, maybe God is working in your heart to give yourself for somebody. Husbands, God calls us when we enter into marriage. God calls us to give ourselves for our wives. Wives, God calls you to give yourself for your husband. God calls us to love one another with this kind of love. And parents for the children and children for the parents, God calls us to love one another this way. And child of God, God calls you to lay down your life for others. To, to lay down your plans, your desires, your dreams, your goals, you, hey, your resources, everything that, that you held on to. God says, give it up so that He can work through you. That doesn't mean that He wants you to go and, and liquidate all of your assets and write a check to the church. That's not what He's saying. I know some people that would, that would say that that's what God says, but I mean, that's not... Now, if God tells you to do that, hey, you obey God. But, uh, but that's not what he's saying here, all right? What he's saying is, we ought to live a life of full surrender to God. Loving others enough to do what is needful to see them saved and to help them to grow in their walk with Jesus Christ. God called my family to leave Georgia, to sell everything we had in Georgia, to move into a 34-foot motorhome, travel the country for a year, to share with churches what God had put on our heart to do, to come out here. We came out here and endeavored to follow God one step at a time, following Him as He's leading us. Hey, we didn't know anybody when we came out here into Pasadena. Thank God, very quickly, we, we were introduced to Tony, and, and, uh, introduced, uh, and he introduced us to Sarah, and, and from there it just kind of spread like a virus, right? Uh, and, and a good one it was, so thank God for that, for that, uh, that viral uh, spread, whatever, anyway. Um, but, uh, uh, but, but in giving ourselves, we, there have been times when, uh, in, in the ministry when, when someone would call at midnight and, and we'd go. There have been times when, when I, I'd get up early and go meet, somebody at, uh, go, go meet with somebody and, and talk with them and, and pray with them because of, because of hurt in their family or because of a death of a loved one or whatever. Hey, it's, it's not easy. Uh, it's not, the ministry and the Christian life, it's not necessarily easy. But, but it is love. It is sacrifice. And it is right. And it's blessed. And you don't have to be, you don't have to be, you know, in the ministry as they, as they want to call it. To be a minister, God has called us all to be ministers of the gospel. Ministers of His grace, ministers of His love, serving one another. And, and, here's, and here's what the Bible tells us. He, he says, uh, Paul said, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave Himself for me. Basically, here's, what, here's the question we ought to ask how would Jesus have me to love you how should I live my life 
to show Noah how much Jesus loves him. How much should I, how, how should I live my life to show Matthew how much Jesus loves him? Is there anything that I'm doing that would hinder that would hinder Danny from seeing Jesus love through me? If there's anything that would hinder that would hinder Dominique from seeing Jesus love through me, I need to change. We see the picture of love in Jesus Christ. We see, uh, we see that sacrificial love, that complete unconditional love, that never-ending love in Jesus Christ. And He says, this kind of love is the love I want you to have for everybody. Let Jesus live in you. Let Jesus live through you. Let Him love through you. This is the picture of love. And that brings us to the last point, Christian love. The word Christian means Christ-like. Christ-like love, Christian love. In John 13, 35, Jesus said, By this shall all men know that you're my disciples, if you have love one for another. Oh, we say, oh, I, I, love, I love them. But do you? What kind of love is it? Is it a love that, that uh, you want to go, go and hang around them because of what they can do for you? You know, there have been too many Christians that have... Uh, or, back, let me back up. There are too many so-called Christians who have, who, have prof who have claimed Christianity. They've put the little fish on their business card. They've talked about Christ. They've talked about church and all of that just so they can advance their, mar their, their business. Just so they can make a buck and cheat somebody. And then they want to say, hey, look, we're, we're Christians. You, know, just, you, you, you ought to just you know, let this go. You know, shame on them for using the name of Christ and abusing people. We don't, we're not to use people for our own advantage. That is not love. That is hypocrisy. That is self-centeredness. That is pride. That's hate. Using somebody for your own advantage. That's not love. Now, if somebody, if somebody, if you if you go to somebody and you talk to them and you and you and you say, "Hey, uh, I know you've got this position. Would you would you have some advice for me? Would you have some counsel for me? Would you be able to help me? You know, in some way. Hey, that's okay. But to but to use somebody, especially unbeknownst, they think that you're just being a friend. They, just, they think that you, that you actually care about them. But you're just being nice and smiling just so what you can get out of it? Shame on us for being hypocrites. No wonder people get upset with Christians and church and say fooey on it all. We've been a bad representative. We've used people. We've abused our relationships and our influence. Hey, let's have a revival of cr true Christ-like love. By this shall all men know that you're my disciples if you have love one to another. How's that going to be seen? Verse 17, 1 John chapter 3, he says, But whoso hath, hath, hath this world's goods, and seeth his brother hath need, and shutteth up his bowels of compassion from him, how dwelleth the love of God in him? You know what he's saying? He's saying, look, if, if you see somebody that truly has a need... And you can, you can do something to help them. 
Why not? Why not help your brother? Oh, but I might not be able to go to Starbucks all seven days this week. Bless your heart. You can make coffee at home. And you can add all the sugar you want to it. I know it might not have all the frou-frou syrups and everything and have the fancy name and the little dome cap on it and everything. But you know what? The love that you show for somebody is going gonna, is gonna to bring you so much more joy than the, than the whipped cream and the syrup on top. Right? And you're going to be glad that you did. Love people. I'm not, I'm not saying... I'm not saying enable people to use people. There are a lot out there that do use people. I'm not saying enable them to use people. I'm saying sh just show some love. Use some discernment and show some love for others. Don't, don't, just, don't just pat a brother on the back. That, you know, if, if he's destitute of, of, daily of, of the daily necessities, if he doesn't have what he needs to help him make it through today, don't just pat him on the back and say, be warmed and filled. Because our words are not going to help at all. If he needs clothes, let's get him some clothes. If he needs some food, let's get him some food. Right? We don't just pat him on the back and act like, act like that blessing that we have left them with. It's going, to, it's going to satisfy. I mean, how about this? Lunch. How many of y'all full now? Right? No, no. I'm, I'm hungry. I feel even more hungry now. Right? Uh, we, we can't do that. We need to show the love of God. He said, Whoso hath this world's goods, and seeth his brother hath need, and shutteth up his bowels of compassion from him, how dwelleth the love of God in him? The Bible says, But God commendeth his love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He gave himself to meet our needs. And in 1 John chapter 3, the, uh, continue on, he says, My little children, let us not love in word, neither in tongue, but in deed and in truth. And hereby we know that we are of the truth, and shall assure our hearts before him. For if our heart condemn us, God is greater than our heart, and knoweth all things. Beloved, if our heart condemn us not, then we have confidence toward God. And whatsoever we ask, we receive of him because we keep his commandments and we do those things that are pleasing in his sight and this is his commandment that we should believe on the name of his son Jesus Christ and love one another as he gave us commandment he that keepeth his commandments dwelleth in him and he in him and hereby we know that he abideth in us by the spirit which he hath given us the Spirit of God is going to indwell the believer. Uh, he, he indwells the believer at the moment of salvation. And He begins to produce love, joy, peace, and the other fruits of the Spirit in us. He helps us to love even when somebody's unlovable. He helps us to, to be at peace even when somebody is contentious. God helps us with that and produces that in us. And he, and he helps us to show the love of Christ. He says, let us love not in word, neither in tongue, but in deed and in truth. You've heard it said, actions speak louder than words. Hey, the world needs, needs to hear us say that we love them for sure, but they need to see that we love them even more. They need to know it, and we need to show it. 
First Peter chapter 1, verse 22, he says, Seeing ye have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit unto unfaith, uh, unfeigned love of the brethren. See that ye love one another with a pure heart fervently. Not, not a fake, self-satisfying, hypocritical type of love, but loving one another with a pure heart fervently. He says, let love be without dissimulation, without fraud, without, uh, without um, hypocrisy. Abhor that which is evil and cleave to that which is good. Hate the evil, love the good. It's not talking about people here. We hate the sin, right? Hate the sinful ways. Hate the, the evil uh, direction that the world is leading. But love the good. Cleave to those things that are good. In 1 Corinthians 13, he goes through and shows us what love really looks like. Charity, or God's kind of love, suffers long and is kind. Is patient and kind while he's being patient. Charity uh, envieth not. Charity vaunteth or you know, boasts not. Built, uh, you know, puts, uh, it's, it's not, it's not uh, braggadocious and, and all of that. It's not puffed up, not prideful. Doth not behave itself unseemly. It's not rude. Uh, seeketh not her own. It's not self-centered. It's not easily provoked. God's kind of love doesn't have a really short fuse. And we go through and we read these things. Uh, but, but if we're not careful, we'll look at it like, like all right, let's see. I'm going to be long-suffering, so check that. I'm, I'm long-suffering. That means I'm loving. Um, let's see. Mm, no, I don't want what they got. So I'm not envious. Check. I love, right? And we feel like that we're some kind of spiritual because we've checked the boxes and we followed the list. But just like the law, the list doesn't make us perfect. The list doesn't make us righteous. Faith in Jesus Christ makes us righteous. And experiencing His love and yielding to Him and letting Him love through us, it's going to result in long-suffering. Love results in long-suffering. Long-suffering doesn't equal love right see if if i i i can i can uh i can you know be kind to you and not and not hateful and mean to you but that doesn't mean that i love you but if i love you i am going to be kind to you and i'm not going to be hateful and rude and mean right and, and that's what God is trying to get us to understand. That, and, and the whole message of the Bible, it, it works together to show this is the kind of love that God had for you and me. And this is the kind of love that He wants us to have for one another. He said, he said this is the commandment. Believe on, the, on Jesus Christ and love one another. Hereby perceive we the love of God because He laid down His life for us. And we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. Notice this, Galatians chapter 5. He says, Brethren, you've been called into liberty. Only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh. But by love, serve one another. We ought to limit our liberties to maximize our opportunity to love others. Oh, it might mean that I'm going I'm to miss out on some fun thing. It might mean that, I, that I'm going to miss out on some sleep. It might mean that I'm going to miss out on some luxuries or some, uh, some ease or, or leisure time or whatever. It might mean that, I'm, that I don't get my to-do list done. 
But if I serve you in love, if I give myself to show Jesus' love to you and to others, God is glorified. This is what He wants in us. So let me ask you, what is one thing you can do today to serve someone around you? Maybe somebody in your home. Maybe somebody that lives close by. Maybe somebody that you know you're going to encounter today. What is one thing that you can do on purpose because you love them? Not to, not to say, look, I did this, now I've loved. You know, But to let the love of Jesus be seen in you. What's one thing you can do today? See, that's, that, this, this is what we need to do. We need to, we need to see what God has said in His Word, and we need to get busy doing it. So let's, let's think of something to do today to love somebody and serve somebody around us. Then, secondly, what is one thing you can do this week to show Christ's love to an unbeliever? This is taking it a step further. What is one thing you can do this week to show Jesus' kind of love to someone who has yet to trust Him as their Savior? I want to encourage you to think on those things and, and pray about that and let God's love be seen in you. Hey, let's love not like Cain did. That wasn't love. But let's love like Jesus. Let's love... And you'll find that as you love, you're living a life that reflects Jesus. As you love Him, you're going to spend more time with Him. You're going to read more of His Word. As you love Him, you're going to, you're going to be learning more about Him. And you're going to be uh, yielding more to Him. The Holy Spirit's going to be producing His fruit in you. And you're going to be a better reflection of Jesus just because you chose to love Him like you should. See, the Christian life is not a list of do's and don'ts. The Christian life is love. So let's live in love. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you and praise you for, you for your love for us. I want to thank you that you gave yourself for us. I want to thank you that you, uh, that you have loved us and, and sacrificed yourself so that we could have a relationship with you. Thank you, Jesus. That you didn't just save us and, and then you're done with us. Lord, you, you continue this fellowship. You continue to work in us and to draw us to be more like you. And Lord, as we respond to you, as we love you like we should, we're going to love one another. And we're going to show that kind of love. Unfeigned love. Not, not fake. Not hypocritical. But it's going to be real, genuine, Christ-like love help us Lord and as we show this love I pray that many will be drawn to you well thank you for all that you do in Jesus name Amen